Welcome to Real Personal Finance. I'm your host, Scott Frank, CFP, CFA charter holder, and founder of Stone Steps Financial. And I'm your host, James Canole, CFP, MBA, and owner of Root Financial Partners. The premise of our show is simple. Money can be confusing, but it doesn't have to be. Our goal is to answer real personal financial questions that we hear from our clients and our listeners. Each episode, we answer one personal financial question in a clear and understandable way. Because money is a tool. And when you understand the language of money, you can make better decisions to improve your financial life. Hey, James. Hey, Scott. Welcome back to another week. Thank you. Excited to be back here for another week. It's kind of an exciting week for us. It's been very exciting. Yeah. We, uh, and thank you to all the listeners, we just crossed 100,000 downloads. Yes. It's a long time coming. Yeah, that was fun to see. So thank you all for listening. It's been been a fun ride. Absolutely. Um, you know, just getting to look back on all the questions we've been able to answer, hopefully help you guys. We love the feedback. Um, if you guys love the show, please share it. Um, we want to help as many people as we can. Uh, and also leave a review if you find it to be helpful because so we can help more people. This is really what this is all about, just helping break down these financial concepts and make them simpler um, so that you guys can act um as best you can in your own life. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, with that, we have a, a long-time listener, first-time question uh, in. You want to read through it? Yeah, let's read the question. So uh, he says, first off, thank you guys. You're doing a great job and filled a nice niche that I don't think is being very well addressed elsewhere. I found your episodes very informative, so thank you. Thank you for that feedback. He then goes on to say, and this question is from John. John goes then goes on to say, I'm not sure how much broad appeal there is with your audience for my question. But here it goes anyways. My wife and I are pretty risk averse. We're fully funding our 401ks and those are fairly diversified. Along with that, however, we've been stockpiling cash in our money market accounts for the past few years. It started off as a small emergency fund and eventually we started referring to to it as the FU fund. Per its namesake, we do find comfort in the fact that we could coast in the event of something catastrophic. I keep a little metric on my personal finance spreadsheet that shows how many months slash years of expenses that we have squirreled away in the event that we both get laid off at the same moment. While that comfort is nice, I realize that our cash is effectively depreciating year over year with its 0.15% rate of return. Recently, we've gotten to a break-even point where the payoff on our house equals the amount in the FU fund plus what I would consider to be a normal emergency fund amount. So that's the question. Should we pay off our house with a pretty low 3.25% interest rate or do something else with it? I keep going back and forth. Saving on the interest would be equivalent to earning the same rate. On one hand, it seems like I could fairly easily find an investment vehicle that could beat the 3.25% without a ton of risk. The other way to look at it is if the house were already paid off, would we be willing to borrow against at 3.25% in order to invest the money in something else? I'm I'm not sure I would. Would love to hear your thoughts. Thanks, John. Thanks, John. Yeah, thank you. And uh, he's, you know, you, you you said I'm not sure how much broad appeal there is with your audience. I uh, there's a lot I think for so how much. we want to approach this. Yeah, because this is this is the art of finance, not the science of finance, isn't it? It is. And yeah. what do you mean by that? Let's expand upon that. So you know, there you want there to be a textbook answer where everyone hits you up the head and says, "Come on, every human's rational." Everyone wants to optimize everything. So obviously there has to be a perfect answer. Right. There's not. Right. Yeah. And that perfect answer is going to be the same for John, the same for Scott, the same for James. Right. We're all built different. 
And any advi- honestly, any advisor who acts that way is not a good advisor, in my opinion, because it is about helping you sleep well at night. It's about helping you look at how do you want to build your life. Mm-hmm. And the textbook answer, which we'll t- probably talk about what, how, what the textbook answer more than likely would be, may not help you live your best life. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, the textbook answer is going to look at this. And boil everything down very rationally, like you said. Yeah. Take the emotion out. Take your risk tolerance out. Take what you find most comfortable out. And it's going to say, John, the first thing you should do is invest that money. If you can find an investment that can generate more than a 3.25% rate of return, invest it. Yeah. I mean, I think you and I, like if we were to, you know, scope this out, not knowing anyone, it's, <laughs> it's okay. You have enough emergency fund. We, we believe you. Check. Great. Uh, you have a really low interest rate already. Could you lower it anymore? Maybe. Probably not right now with where interest rates are. So you're good. Mm-hmm. And then the next thing is, well, let's go put that money to work. It can make more for you more than likely than 3.25% if you invest it with a mix of stocks and bonds over a period of time. Right. There's truth to that. That's the textbook answer. Yeah. And it's not wrong. No. But it may not be the perfectly right solution that's in alignment with what he shared other parts of his life of, hey, we're risk averse. It gives us some peace of mind having this. If we both were to lose our jobs, we know it'd be okay for X number of months after that. Right. And let's let's talk about that just a touch too, because I first of all, I love that they took a small, when he mentioned it was a small emergency fund, but then he started calling it his FU fund. I, I think there's something to be said for building your life to have an FU fund. Mm-hmm. Right. And what I mean by that is like, if you think about a normal balance sheet, when people come see us, normally the first place we're going to go put money is retirement accounts. And then maybe we're going to save up and we're going to have, we're going to have a home and a mortgage. And maybe we have a couple of debts that we paid down and we get to the point where all we have is the mortgage left. Maybe credit cards were rolling. Um, we have a little bit of savings. Um, there's something to be said for having money built up in taxable accounts, whether, you know, here it's in an online savings account, it could be in a taxable investment account because that money is ready and available and liquid to you without dealing with constraints of, are you 59 and a half yet? Or, you know, is there a penalty to take this money out? Um, and it creates a bit of freedom. He mentioned he takes that number and divides it by his monthly income mm-hmm. or monthly expense to know how many months he has. Mm-hmm. That can be so freeing if you're in a corporate job where you want to go in and say um, how things should be run, but you don't want to have to worry about, will I be okay if I get fired? Yeah. So now you can step up and be the truest version of yourself. Yeah. That can lead to better returns for your life than the stock market. Mm-hmm. Right, so mm-hmm. so there's something to be said for having flexibility and having an FU fund. There is, and I th- if you almost look at the I don't know what you want to call it, like the evolution of retirement planning. A hundred years ago, there was no such thing as retirement. Like you just worked until you died. Yeah, and then you did start to think about retirement, and it's okay. You put away money, and it's typically done for you in a pension. Yep, and then with four hundred one ks, and you kind of defer everything until sixty five or whatever it is. And now more and more, there's this sense of, I want flexibility throughout my lifetime and I want Mm -hmm. the freedom to do what I want throughout my lifetime. And that maybe means don't put everything away for retirement. It maybe Mm -hmm. means have money set aside in this FU fund that doesn't make the most quote unquote financial sense, but provides a huge amount of peace of mind and comfort and reassurance that you don't need to worry about, are you going to keep your job if something happens or what happens if your boss fires you or what happens if there's an emergency? You can't put a price tag on that. No, it's really hard to. Yeah. 
Because the and then the, the you know the next thing that I think about it's a really good point. The next thing I think about is uh, if if you were to go use this FU fund to pay off your mortgage, well, now you're kind of outside of obviously you have to keep paying your property tax bill and maintain your house, but now there's another level of independence that you have um, that you you can't necessarily guarantee by going and investing this money. Right, M- markets can go up and down; they can come back. They normally do. We've spoke about that many times on mm-hmm. the on this podcast but it's really all about how are you going to feel knowing that it's paid off yeah or would you prefer because once it is paid off it's you can you could of course go get another mortgage again in the future it'd be a cash out refinance at that point so that you could get equity if you wanted it again but one of the things to always look at is where are your needs in your life mm-hmm. would you rather have this money cash ready and available and it's going to supply cash for you and your mortgage payment in your future mm-hmm. or would you rather have it all sitting in your house and now you cannot easily access it mm-hmm. there's legitimate reasons for both yeah Look, i don't know which one's right for for john yeah yeah agree- agreed and i think that as we're looking at this like we said the textbook answer would say let's say invest the money or if not invest, at least use it to pay out the mortgage because you're getting some guaranteed return with that. On the flip side of saying, hey, don't just look at the textbook answer, look at the emotional answer, what's right for you. I, I certainly would ask John if I were having a conversation with him, is there a point at which too much cash could become too much cash? Mm-hmm. Maybe it's not today, but if your cash doubles, triples, I don't know how, how much his mortgage is. I don't know how much he wants right. for his emergency fund, but is there a point where too much is too much? And is there any almost psychological barrier to doing something else with that? That would be a healthy conversation to have. But as long as you are having those conversations and looking at both options or multiple options and working through that to find out what's the best option, I, th- I think that's totally fine. Yeah. Well, yeah. Cause the, you know, Cash earning 0.15% is not not all that grand, right? We're actually, we're technically losing money on our money mm-hmm. because of inflation. So, you know, there's there's certainly, as I'm sure, a happy medium here. Mm-hmm. And that could be, you know, how much cash do you want to have sitting as cash? So you do think of it as an FU fund and not just an emergency fund might right. be the right one way to frame this. And then with that excess cash, what do you want to do with it? Do you want to go invest it in some form or fashion and understand the risks that you're taking? Or would you rather go pay down that loan? Or another thing that we're not isn't even mentioned here is you could do something like, um, you know, you could do something like recast a loan where where you just go uh, or just put a big chunk down towards it to go pay it off sooner. Mm-hmm. Um, recasting just simply means that if you have a three hundred thousand dollar loan and you make a hundred thousand dollar payment, usually you send in an extra like two hundred fifty bucks or something like that, and you say, hey. Um, James, I, I really appreciate making all these banks t- payments to you at the bank, but could you just rerun my payment for it to end still at the end of the 30 years? And it'll just lower the amount you can pay, right? Recasting. Mm-hmm. But now I could still keep making my normal old payment to pay it off faster. Right. Or now in the future, if stuff really does get bad for me, I could just choose to pay less. Right. We kind of touched on that before in the idea of, do you get a 15-year or a 30-year mortgage? Right. Yeah, exactly. And, and I think part of the reason that I would feel comfortable. You again, you look at this in the textbook answers. Oh my gosh, there's so much more you could do with that cash. Yeah. Even if it just means paying off your mortgage and getting that 3% in a quarter or whatever. Um, I think part of the reason I'm saying, yeah, if it gives you peace of mind, I think that's fine is because John has said he is already maxing out his 401ks. He's indicated that they've been what seems to be putting away a pretty decent amount of cash each month, 
which tells me they're in a pretty healthy financial situation. It, it sounds like other things are already in place. Yeah. If John said, hey, I haven't put anything away for retirement and I've never saved anything for any other goals and I'm just stockpiling cash. Yeah, that maybe provides peace of mind, but it might be costing you something in the future. Totally. So it's it's about understanding where are you, are you on track for some of these other things? And I would also encourage them just to think about of the amount that's in cash, if you want to keep that money in cash, great. You know, the mortgage isn't getting any larger. So anytime you could turn around and pay it off. Mm-hmm. But to the point earlier of is too much, is there such thing as too much cash? Maybe think about a part of your cash balance as this is money I could use to pay off mortgage if I ever decided to. Mm-hmm. And then think of here's a separate amount of money that's just cash in an emergency fund that is truly my emergency fund. Mm-hmm. Then any amount above that, I think sometimes people have this sense that it's either cash or it's really an aggressive investment. Mm-hmm. And there's some in-between stuff. Totally. Just because you yeah. invest doesn't mean it has to be an aggressive investment. Yeah. Like the traditional 60-40 stock bond portfolio is designed for some growth, but it's also really designed, if you look back over why it's designed the way it is for withdrawal rates for people in retirement, it's designed to allow for purchasing power growth of the stock market with protection of the downside of the bond market, right? right? So I love your idea. It's it's something along the lines of what's the emergency fund? That And honestly, I think that what you do, the key is you kind of gamify this, right? If you're, if you're a listener, you say, okay, I'm going to keep one savings account that says like emergency fund, never touch. Yep. And then I have one fund that says like F you money because mm-hmm. <laughs> it just makes me feel even better about my life or can pay off mortgage. And then the third component is you let it go build up and then every, you either automate it automatically. So it on a monthly basis gets fed into an investment for you or something along those lines so that you can just kind of dollar cost average your way into the markets. You still have enough safety in other places. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I fully agree. Um, I think one of the big things is just looking at Thinking to yourself, allowing yourself to go there and be like, wow, my mortgage is paid off. How will I feel? Mm -hmm. Will I feel fully independent and free? And will that be a weight off my shoulders that I've never been able to lift before? If that's the case, there could be, there's a, there's a big reason to go do that, right? Mm -hmm. If you feel comfortable, like personally, I know we've talked about before, I think one of our episodes, we maybe talked about paying down student debt. Right. Mm -hmm. And I like just finally finished paying mine off and I'm way older than you. (laughs) Like I slow played it. Right. Mm -hmm. And if I remember correctly, you paid it fast. Yeah. And like, for me, like the debt on my house, I'm kind of like, yeah, I don't mind having this. Like it doesn't bother me. I make sure I have enough on the side to be okay. Mm -hmm. But if I had the extra money to go pay it off, I probably would choose not to. Yeah. Well, John may feel very different and there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. That's the whole point of this episode. Yeah. Agreed. And I think we all have, and I'll tell clients this all the time. Sometimes when I, when they're asking me a financial question, I'll put my bias out there right off the bat. I'll say, this is what I sometimes feel about this, whether it's debt or cash or investing or is real estate a good investment or not. It's like, here's my thoughts, but just to get that out of the way, but let's kind of see how does this apply to you? Because I'm probably very different from John and different from you and different from the next person as is everyone. So the, you know, we, we, did the episode of how do you align money with life? That's everything that we've done. Every episode kind of flows through that of how do you align money with life, with your emotions, with your goals, with your values, with uh, everything you're trying to accomplish. How do you put every single thing that you have in your financial life in alignment with that? And that's what it comes back to. Fully agree. And like, that's, you know, when, when he said like, I don't know, this is a broad based question. It's like, it is because money is emotional. Like we want to think that it's not, we want to think that we just do the math in our head and we come to our solution, but we all have to live with it and we have to sleep with it. And uh, we have to make sure our spouse is okay with it. 
And all of that's tied into emotion. It's not tied into just logic. Mm -hmm. So we think we gave you the textbook answer and some other options, but in the end, it's about you feeling what's best for you. Yep. Fully agree. I think that is a good, uh, good place to stop. I think that's a great question. And I, I like these types of questions that have multiple levels or nuances to the answer. Yeah. Anything else that you want to add? The only thing that I, the only thing I would actually add is like, if, if you are dealing with something like this, grappling with these questions, these types of finance questions, we kind of touched on it in the past, but like, this is where like it goes from, there's a simple textbook answer to complicated to complexity Mm -hmm. and complexity in my mind is where advisors do help provide guidance. If they're good, it is bridging the gap between the emotion of us in life and what we want and the logic of what we should do and bringing those things together to create outcomes. Mm-hmm. And so if, if you guys need help, find an advisor. Um, yeah. And if you don't keep listening to podcasts and hopefully we're helpful. That's right. All right. Well, thank you for your question and Scott, good to talk to you again. Yeah. Con- and congrats again on getting to hundred K. Yeah. I'm really fun. proud of you. <laughs> Thanks Scott. Could not have <laughs> done without you. See you guys. <laughs> Thank you for listening to another episode of the Real Personal Finance Podcast. If you're enjoying the show, please subscribe and let us know by leaving a five-star review. And if you have a question that you'd like for us to answer, then head over to the Real Personal Finance website at realpersonalfinance.co. And there's a section on the bottom of each page there where you can submit your question for us to answer in a future episode. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you next time. This podcast is for informational and entertainment purposes only. and should not be relied upon for a basis for investment decision. This podcast is not engaged in rendering legal, financial, or other professional services.